and now lead us in a prayer. Lord Jesus, you urge us that your words should remain in us. We pray that now as we reflect on your word to us, that our hearts will be warmed and that we will be strengthened to remain in you. In your name we pray. Amen. I wonder what the story of the last 12 months has been for you, spiritually speaking. If you were asked to give a comment on the last year, what would you talk about? I wonder if you've grown in your relationship with the Lord. Maybe the answer for you is a very definite yes. Perhaps, um, perhaps you know that you've become a Christian this year. Uh, maybe you've um, had a great year spiritually. Or perhaps you find the question slightly uncomfortable. Um, maybe like me, you look at the last year and you find it hard to know whether you have grown. Maybe there's no dramatic spiritual achievements to look back on. Maybe, maybe you're not quite sure how to measure spiritual growth or, or what you should be talking about. And so you just feel a little bit uneasy at the question. Maybe just a little bit guilty. Well, through September, we're asking the question, um, what is the church for? And today we're on to our second answer to that question, uh, namely that church is for growing. And I take it that we all know that growth is a good thing, isn't it? Uh, when I was 10, I was quite short. Uh, and for some reason that year, when it came to the school photograph, the photographer decided to arrange us all in height order. Uh, I guess it made the whole thing look slightly neater. So, so we started off in our classes, and we were stood there with younger children to our left and older children to our right. And as the photographer worked up the row, he sorted us. And uh, I was moved left and left and further left until finally I ended up standing with people who were two years younger than me. Um, I couldn't see uh, my nearest classmate. Um, it was humiliating, and um, I made pretty sure that my parents didn't buy the photo. <laughs> I was desperate to grow. Of course I was. Growth is a good thing. Um, I'm glad I'm a bit taller now. I'm very glad I'm in a pulpit. And of course, it's not just physical growth, is it, that matters. Every now and again, um, an advertiser puts together an advert which involves um, grown adults um, behaving like little kids. Um, good job that doesn't happen in real life. Um, it can be very funny, can't it? But it wouldn't be funny if you had grown adults behaving like children. Um, just imagine if the creche over at the centre now was full of 40-year-olds wearing nappies, um, hitting each other with Lego bricks and crying. Um, it would be pretty tragic. See, we all know at a deep gut level that growth is a good thing. And we know that we're meant to grow. It's part of being human, physically, emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually. John Henry Newman said that growth is the only evidence of life. I wonder if you agree with that. The New Testament expects that Christians will grow. And we saw that in our readings today. Christians grow. But what does that look like? And how do we do it? So come back with me to 2 Peter chapter 3. And we're just going to look at that sentence that Steve pointed out. Um, if you recognize the reading, um, then you may have been here two weeks ago. I think we looked at exactly the same passage, which... Um, I hope will be encouraging. I hope I'll say pretty similar to what David said, of maybe coming up from a slightly different angle. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. It's on page... Well, it's up on the screen, isn't it? But it will be at some point. We're going to focus on this simple sentence. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grow 
in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, last Saturday, I was helping at the tent in the Morton Show, and I popped over to the home and garden tent um, to pick up a painting that Molly had done that I was very proud of, of course. Um, and while I was in the tent, I had a quick look at some of the prized vegetables. They were extraordinary. They really were. Um, I'm, I'm sure you've seen the kind of thing. There was a leek there which was bigger than my arm. Um, it was immense. It looked like a club. It was the kind of thing um, that I reckon should have been made illegal by the, um, uh, by the uh, Dangerous Weapons Act. Um, I have no idea how you grow something that big. I really don't. Um, I suspect, though, that it's a lot down in large part to what you grow it in. I suspect that vegetable was grown in fertilizer and then a load of other stuff that I'd rather not know about. The key to growing vegetables is what you grow the vegetable in. Well, in a similar way, the key to growing Christians is what you grow the Christians in, what they're rooted in. And God knows exactly what we need to grow. I wonder if you see the first crucial ingredient for growth in verse 18. Grace. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Grow in the grace of Jesus. See, the Lord says to us this morning that the key to growth is grace. Now, grace, of course, is a free gift. In the Bible, it refers to the amazing things that God has given those who trust in Jesus. My favourite acronym that helps me remember grace um, spells grace, of course, G-R-A-C-E, standing for God's riches at Christ's expense. I'm, I'm sure you've heard of that. God's riches. What does that mean? It means forgiveness for all of our sins. It means the gift of eternal life. It means being adopted into God's family as his children. It means having immediate access to God in prayer. It means the promise of resurrection from the dead. It means the promise of a home in heaven, free from all pain and heartache where we will know only joy and beauty and goodness. God's riches at Christ's expense. See, those riches aren't ones we can earn. Uh, we, we could never afford them. Uh, we couldn't do anything like enough good works to buy them off God. But he's given them to us freely at Christ's expense. When Christ hung on the cross for three hours, when he endured the full force of his Father's wrath at our sin, he bought there forever, unimaginable riches for us. Grace. It's the way into the Christian life. You don't get forgiven by God by doing enough good works. It's a gift. But grace is the way on in the Christian life. Grow in grace. And Samuel Smiles, uh, the Scottish author, it's a lovely name, isn't it? Samuel Smiles, the Scottish author, um, said the spirit of self-help is the root of all genuine growth in the individual. Um, in other words, if you want to make progress in life, it's up to you to do it. Um, now, the best-selling book that he wrote was called Self-Help, so I, I suspect he had a slight vested interest in giving us that kind of soundbite. But that's, that's the message of the age, isn't it? If you want to get somewhere in life, do it yourself. Believe in yourself. You can do it. Well, that's not right, is it? The key to growth is not self-help. The key to growth is grace. The key to growth is the opposite of self-help. It's God-help. And the wonderful news for the Christian is that grace is the environment we live in. It's the air we breathe. Be because of Jesus, for the Christian, God's help is continual, all-encompassing, and completely unconditional. All we need to do is receive it. 
And growing in the grace of Jesus means simply learning to depend upon him more and more and learning to depend upon ourselves less. For a long time, I, I think I had the idea that growing as a Christian and, and meant becoming stronger, meant becoming more self-sufficient, um, I guess aiming one day to be a spiritual superhero. But that's not quite right, is it? Growing as a Christian is about becoming more aware of my dependence upon God and drawing upon him. It's about realizing that at the end of the day, I'm just a little child, but with an absolutely amazing dad. That's why it's so hard to measure um, spiritual growth. Um, It's so hard to know how much you've grown spiritually because spiritual growth doesn't make you feel bigger or stronger or, or more effective. Rather, it makes you more conscious of how much you need the Lord. Grace is the key to growth. Well, great. That's fantastic. Um, But how do you do it? How do you grasp grace? And that's our second key ingredient for growth. I wonder if you see it again in the verse. Chapter 3, verse 18. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. It's very simple. We grasp grace through knowing Jesus. If you know C.S. Lewis's Narnia Chronicles, um, then there's a wonderful moment in Prince Caspian uh, where Lucy sees Aslan again. Aslan, of course, is this great lion that represents Jesus um, throughout the series. And Lucy runs to the lion, and, and Lewis writes, the great beast rolled over on his side so that Lucy fell, half sitting and half lying between his front paws. He bent forward and just touched her nose with his tongue. His warm breath came all round her. She gazed up into the large, wise face. Welcome, child, he said. Aslan, said Lucy, you're bigger. That is because you are older, little one, answered he. Not because you are. I'm not older. But every year you grow, you will find me bigger. I think it's a profound point that Lewis is making through this children's story. See, growing as a Christian is about having a bigger picture of Jesus. In the imagery of Narnia, it's about Aslan, or Jesus, becoming bigger to us. Or in the words of 2 Peter 3.18, it's about knowing more of what it means for Jesus to be our Lord and Saviour. See, growing in the knowledge of Jesus as Lord means having a fuller grasp of his authority over all of our lives. And growing in our knowledge of Jesus as Saviour means having a fuller grasp of how sufficient he is for all of our needs. See, growing in our knowledge of Jesus as Lord will help us grasp how much we need his grace. Grace to help us obey and honour him, and grace to forgive us when we fail. Growing in our knowledge of Jesus as Saviour will help us be thrilled at how wonderful his grace is. What do you do when you're conscious of failure as a Christian? When you feel defeated, maybe for a very particular failure, maybe just generally thinking, I'm not measuring up. I don't have it within myself. What do you do? Now, if, if you never have that sense, then maybe that is caused just for a little bit of concern because a Christian who grows in the knowledge of Jesus will be concerned by his or her sin. But when you do have that sense of not measuring up, It is so easy, certainly for myself I know it's so easy, to just feel crushed, 
and to beat yourself up and to say things like, I must try harder. Well, perhaps we should try harder. But that will never be enough to help us because it's not grace. That is still, at the end of the day, self-help. But a Christian who is growing in her knowledge of Jesus as her Lord and Saviour will respond so differently. She will, of course, mourn over her sin. She won't be content with it. But more than that, she'll be amazed that God's love for her isn't threatened by her failure. She'll say to herself, he still loves me. Even now, even, even with this on my mind, he still loves me. I'm still his daughter. He delights in me. And she'll be freed from that crushing defeat. And she'll find herself praying to her loving father for grace to help her change. Grace is the key to growth. And we grasp grace through knowing Jesus as we know him through his word. And that is why church is so central to growing. In fact, I think the New Testament probably speaks more about us growing together as a church family than it does about us growing as individuals. Um, I, I'd be interested for someone to have a look at that and see whether you think that's right. The, church, the, the New Testament has a lot to say about us growing together. Why? Because God has given us each other to help us keep growing. So when we come together on a Sunday and we listen to God's word being preached and read, then we're being helped to grow in our knowledge of Jesus. Of course we are. And there is something about hearing the word of God preached um, which God uses to shine his light onto issues in our lives that we would never go near in the quietness of our own rooms. I think that's been my experience. I wonder if it's been yours. Or or when we speak uh, and sing together on a Sunday, we're reminding each other of the great truths of the gospel. As we praise the Lord, we're being helped to remember that he's real, that he deserves our praise. When we share in communion together, we're being reminded of the extraordinary love of God that took Jesus to the cross to pay for our sins. And we're being fed spiritually as we do that. In all of these ways, church is what um, theologians have often called a means of grace. It is something that God has given us to help us grow. But as I finish, there's one further way in which the church helps us grow in God's grace. This is what I like to just leave us with. Um, It's not a technical word. Um, This word is called conversation. That's something God has given us. I I hope you've heard of it. Conversation, something that God has given us to help us grow in grace together. Because the sad fact is that it is possible to sit through a church service every Sunday for your entire life and to keep Jesus at arm's length. I guess you can learn more about him, but you don't actually get to know him any better. You don't come to lean more heavily on his grace. And I wonder if that's why God has given us the gift of conversation. Because if you talk to someone about Jesus, if you speak about what it means for him to be my Lord, your Lord, my Saviour, your Saviour, then you will find that he becomes more real to you, that you can't keep him at arm's length. I wonder if that's why home groups are so important, because they give an opportunity for Christians to talk together honestly and openly about Jesus and what he's doing in their lives. And and on a Sunday, at the end of a service, if we're a church who want to grow and grow in grace, then we'll we'll talk about the sermon over coffee or on the way to the centre to pick up children that we've not forgotten. Uh, We'll be asking questions like... um, how did God encourage you today? Or um, how is that sermon going to help you this week? 
And if that's a question that you'd hate to be asked, um, if you would die of embarrassment if someone asked you how you've been encouraged by the service, um, then make sure you ask someone else before they have a chance to ask you. Grace is the key to growth. We grasp grace through knowing Jesus. And God has given us each other to help us keep growing. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we thank you for your amazing fatherly love for us. Thank you that our standing before you cannot be threatened by our failure, by our sin. Thank you that you've shown us that growth is your goal for our lives, but that you work it in us as we remain in Christ, as we lean on him more richly. And we pray that you would help us become a church who increasingly speak to others of the gospel, who encourage and spur each other on to lean on you, to trust you, and to grow in your grace. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.